dealers will ask all the time, what are the goals I should be setting? And I will push back and say, what is your dealership goal? What are your marketing goals are we trying to do? Because that should be what you go into all of your conversations, like we were saying with your vendors, with any sort of strategy or data, you need to gauge it based off of what your dealership goals are and what you're trying to get out of your digital footprint. 100%. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jason. This morning, Jason is chatting with Colleen Harris. They'll be jamming about all things data, how to use it, and how to understand it. They'll help you discover where the valuable analytics are. But first, grab your coffee and buckle in for a word from our sponsor. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Colleen Harris, Product Manager with CDK. Colleen, thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me today. Thanks for inviting me. I think this will be a great conversation. Yeah, we're going to have some fun, right? Yeah. For everybody out there that's listening or potentially watching this, if you kind of just give us that two-minute origin story that is Colleen Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So I have been with CDK for, I think, seven years. It feels like forever. So I kind of lost track for a little bit. Um, I started as an SEO specialist. So I come from an SEO related background. I did healthcare marketing. And before that, I did work in the entertainment industry. So working with fan groups and other things to kind of like build content, build their brand and things like that. So I come into SEO very organically and just rolled into it kind of <laughs> became an actual career. So I spent all of my time before I moved over to product in SEO because mm-hmm. I love the potential that dealers have for content and education. And like that really excited me of being able to figure out the questions people ask and the content and everything around that. Um, so I've moved over to product this last year to focus on the data storytelling of it, of like, mm-hmm. let's make sure we have the right data, the things are going right, and like, you're understanding your data so that you can do something with it. Because that, after I kind of conquered a bunch of content and looking at that, that became the next biggest thing is that dealers sometimes feel scared of data to me, and I hate mm-hmm. that. I want everyone to feel empowered by data, that it's not some scary thing you need to be paying somebody a lot to do, but like, it's your data, it's your website, and it really all ties into your brand and what you're doing as a dealership. So that's become my new focus now. Uh, they refer to me sometimes as the analytics Jedi master these days. Well, I'm actually, I, I love the fact that you use that analogy Jedi master because a lot of people have actually referred their data kind of as it. It's like the evil and good force, you know, and how we use it. <laughs> yes, and there's so much misuse out there and so much, not understanding of anything that to me when dealers can leave and take a couple of nuggets of like i can go do this or i understand this part of my data now that's what it should be about and that's exciting for me 
Oh, no, I, I'm 100% with you. It's, it's, it's not, it, there's a bit of an education, right? You know, I, mean, yes. I think dealers have to understand exactly what kind of data they have. And, and there's a tremendous amount. I mean, holy cow, our dealership's just sitting on a gold mine, just a gold mine of data, right? But, but data is very similar to a tool. And since you're on the product side, you know this very well. Tools only as good as how well you use it. Exactly. And I think there's, like you said, there's so much data, there's a fear about where to start with it. Mm-hmm. So I always will talk to my dealers like there are five things you need to be getting out of Google Analytics and learning how to master. And then after you really feel confident in those, then it's time to add on other things and, you know, snazzy tricks and things like that. But until you start like really feeling confident in the basics, you're not going to be able to do anything and be able to do something with your data. Yeah, and, and really what guys we're talking to, all the managers out there and, and, and the dealer principals and the owners that are listening to this, you know, I really find that they are the ones that are kind of ultimately responsible, you know, not only for the collection of data, but the storage of data, but also how the data is being used within the dealership. Now, you said there were five things that you typically recommend the dealership to start to look at. You know, what, what, what are, I'm, not, I'm curious, what are those five things that you recommend? Yes. So I will always tell dealers to start by looking at the channel report in Google Analytics. That's like my default before I look at anything else. I want to make sure things are flowing in properly Mm -hmm. and they're good. And then I will tell them to look at the penalty bucket. Other, I'd like the other is your traffic when people have tagged it improperly. And that's the penalty box right there. And until dealers can manage that first, then you can't do anything with your data if everything's tagged improperly. So there's a lot of being able to understand kind of the source and the medium and how Google's putting stuff in your other bucket. Mm-hmm. So you go back to vendors and say, hey, you were mistaking my traffic, so you can't make decisions on it. I can't judge the effectiveness of it because you can't do the tagging properly. So let's fix the tagging and then we can have conversations about the effectiveness of the product I bought. So that's where I tell every dealer should be starting with their data. Is that's that a, a great place to start. And the other bucket. Your other bucket should be zero if maybe, but then that's very, that, very small. Yeah. And there's so many these days of like people who tag Google My Business improperly and like half of their organic traffic ends up there. And you're like, you can't tell when you don't have the tagging done right. And, and what customers, what, so what dealers have to realize is that organic traffic, it's not necessarily something you buy as much as you earn. It, it, it takes yes. time and effort to develop that. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I know there's a lot of companies out there that would love to sell you organic traffic, like it's something tangible we can physically purchase, right? But you do actually have to have a strategy behind your organic traffic, just as much or even more importantly than the strategy you have behind your paid traffic. Yeah, and it's thought that almost half of the organic traffic is coming in from your Google My Business, and that's some of the most highest converting traffic. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it tagged properly, you can't judge whether or not it's doing anything. Mm -hmm. So that, I ran about bad UTM tags all day, because that's just one of my biggest pet peeves, is we are so good in an industry as vendors, as tagging everything. So, like, we look fancy and we're named, like, 
into the tagging, but that means nothing if Google can also understand it. Well, and also the downside is that there is some bad practices there. All right, vendors can take advantage and I've seen, in fact, I actually just had a client where I had to clean up the entire thing. You know, I mean, really the the vendor was taking responsibility for a tremendous amount of stuff that really wasn't there. They're doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much of that. And it's like, they can manipulate that to make themselves look better. And like, they're the reason you should be, you're selling everything and you should give them more money. But in reality, you've got to have the cleanest data possible. So the other bucket, and that's usually where a lot of dealers will spend a lot of time is cleaning up that and just making sure everything is passing properly. I think that's a great place to start. It's really kind of a foundational yeah. place to, you know, to get that data right. You know, it's like we can't, I mean, I, I work on the marketing side so much. It's like, I don't necessarily know what direction I need to take either an organic piece or even sometimes a paid piece if I don't know what's already coming to the site. Yep. And then that goes into my second report that I will tell everybody is the city report. Mm. Google Analytics will tell you by IP address and city where the traffic is coming from and the source of that traffic. And that's where once you've mastered that channel report, that's where you start to figure out, am I getting traffic from the right places? And are my vendors giving me traffic from the right places? Because that's great if a vendor can get you 20,000 visitors a month but if they're coming from across the United States, like a visitor from California should not be reading content on a Nissan site in Massachusetts. No, not at all. <laughs> but I see it happen. Like I, yeah, I see all it, the like, time. <laughs> all and it's so and it's so it's that's the report where you start to figure out where are they are they kind of doing that spray and play with my targeting and like mm-hmm. are we are we being smart about the targeting? And that's a report that you can go back to your vendors with and say, hey, I noticed in Google Analytics, we have a lot of paid search traffic coming from these states. Can you tell me the strategy around it? Like, why are we targeting these states? We should be removing these. We should be removing these locations and focusing over here. Oh, 100%. I think what it kind of comes down to, and you correct me if if I'm wrong here. um, Do you feel the reason why we have this issue is just because it's a lack of goal setting? Yes. Like, it's just like we don't remember. I was a dealer and I don't want to bash on dealers. You know, I just, I love this industry that we're in, but I think everyone kind of plays the lazy route and all they want to do is cut a check and just kind of hand it over to a vendor and say, here you go. But, yep. it, and they, but they never actually set. So it's like, it's one side, it's the vendor, right? Yes. But then at the same time, I got to give shit to the dealers as well, because if you never properly gave your vendor a real gold objective behind these dollars that you're handing over, how can we really expect them to know what the hell to do with it? And dealers will ask all the time, what are the goals I should be setting? And I go push back right away. Well, what are your dealership goals? Exactly. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you to put a bunch of goals to your vehicle detail pages if all of your marketing is done to the SRPs. Like that's that's just silly. Like we need to know what you're trying to optimize for and what you're trying to drive. Mm-hmm. And then you set goals around that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's look, and I, I, I spent a lot of time in dealerships and I'm asking their goals and not, and we're not just talking about the sales department. We're also talking in a huge way, parts and service. Yes. Like we're talking about organic traffic. I mean, ho, ho, wow. Talk about opportunity in parts and service. You know, it's, it's just a total untapped area. Just oh, there's so much, so much <laughs> education. It's like, 
almost 70% of people don't trust service and parts places because of that just kind of, they're going to feel like they're taken advantage of. So there's so much opportunity in organic to have dealers talk about why someone has to come do these things. And really it's not a hard sell at any point, but when you're creating content that will educate the local shopper, then they're going to remember that when it is time to schedule and when it is time to do that. I, but, find, I find with the service department, that's a great place to start with kind of organic strategies, you know, because oh, yes. it's so such low hanging fruit. You know, you're not going after, you know, organic searches that are vehicle specific, which your manufacturer is going after, other manufacturers are going after, your dealerships going after, other dealerships are going after. That parts of service just seems to be completely untapped. You know, it's like the, yeah. the Jiffy Lubes and the Mr. Lubes of the world don't seem to spend enough time in that space. So there's, and that's just it. Like we all know dealerships are better and are the more talent is there in the service and parts. And you've got to be able to say that, like we have the techs and they are certified and it's not that 18 year old down the street who may or may not forget something. And we're also going to help you educate in a way we are really great in the industry of like finding words. And I'm thinking everybody understands a special or everybody understands people aren't searching like that. Like we have to remember how people are searching when they dive into everything because how people search and how the industry thinks about service and parts are two entirely different markets. That's very true. It's hard for people to remember that. We were even yesterday watching people do the digital retailing demos and everything. It was totally everyone in the room was like, well, I don't understand why they didn't know what the cash back was or like the you know the oem cash that makes all the sense in the world what oem cash is to me of course well, everybody like, knows that right <laughs> well i'm not going to select anything here because i don't have any cash as part of my down payment and so it's just that disconnect between all of that terminology we use and being able to explain it to the customer mm -hmm. there's potential to build trust with that to be very transparent around it and just say, this is what's going on. And it can be very ROI. I mean, that's the cool thing. And that's why I always kind of like when, it, when I'm pushing a dealership to really kind of develop out the organic strategy is start in parts of service because the ROI can be, it, it can fall oh. that 30 day period, you know? There, yeah. There's so much money we leave on the table because we know people are, don't trust us, but we don't really want to do anything about it. <laughs> and it's so not the fancy widget. It's not the new thing someone's going to sell you that's going to, you know, do have eight buttons and jump around your screen. Like I joke all the time, service and parts isn't sexy, but it's going to pay the bills. That's a hundred percent. Right. It, it, and it's, yeah. it's just, it's just good old fashioned hard work. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you go back into GA, you can start looking because one of the reports I love is the landing page report. Mm -hmm. So, going to show you once you've started to build all this content, how much traffic you're actually getting into it and then how much time they're spending on the page. Is that the that's the third report that you'd mentioned. That's the right? third report. Okay, cool. You'll see when you start to look into that, that you may not get a ton of visitors to a service page. I've got a dealer down in Texas who we may get 20 or 30 visitors a month to their tire, like best tires for my Silverado page. But that's a customer that's spending over five minutes on the site and the page report will tell you that. Yep, high quality. 50 people a month spending five minutes on a tire page any day of the week. <laughs> 100%. Like, that's the customer that's gonna, that's the customer that's gonna convert and gonna convert to you as the dealership. So the landing page report allows you to see both all of the 
who's coming in, are they new, are they returning, and then how many pages are they looking at, and then how much time they're spending in there. And that's always going to me, for a dealer, when you go in there and you're looking for the pages um, your agencies have built and things like that, that's going to show you how much time is on, how much mm-hmm. is really impactful. Like they're going to, your age, your vendors are always going to give you some fancy report with all of the great shiny numbers, <laughs> how much time they spend on the site and how many other pages they look on in that session. That's going to show you whether or not the dollars are there. Mm-hmm. And then it's also going to be about, this kind of goes with my fourth bucket of goals you need to be gauging how you need to be looking at how much engagement the customer gets. Yes. Same reason. Engagement is totally key. I see. And I think actually, I I want to stop there for one second because I really want to drive this one home for people It is, you know, there's still a lot of dealerships out there that think they're buying traffic. It's not, that's, that's, that's not what we're buying. What we're looking to really buy is we're looking to buy engagement. Yep. And for the same reason, 20,000 visitors that aren't in your area don't matter. Who cares? 20,000 visitors that don't do anything, why are you paying for that? So all of the traffic that you're looking at, and you should have goals within Google Analytics set up that are going to show both somebody coming to a certain page and what engagement they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just about getting vehicle detail views or anything like that. It's like, did they come to that um, vehicle details page and did they interact? Did they look at the photos? Did they do all of that? That's going to be the most important. And if dealers want any guidance on setting up goals in GAs, I tell them that all the time. It's not about just page visits and numbers and things like that. You want customers and you need to be able to gauge, are they coming and are they doing something? Yeah, we want them. We want to take action. We want them to engage. Yeah. You know, it's like I got a great example. I have a a dealership that in consistently now for the last two years, and this was I thought it was kind of impressive for the last two years. Um, one of the landing pages that's in the top ten uh, landing pages for their website actually just has to do with child car seat installation. Yep. It, it, it's, it's not even having to do with cars, not even having to do with service cars, but it's just they did a great job of providing content in the space that, that this is where the traffic's coming from. But it's cool to see what those people do after when they get to that page. You know, it's like, then they start looking at a new Nissan and look at a pre-owned Nissan. It's like, it's... Exactly. Like, you're going to, when you provide good content like that, it's a door for customers you may not seen at first to look at your dealership. It's the ultimate passive marketing because they may not right be in market there, but they're going to know when they are in market for that. Oh, 100% because you provide them value. See, I think that's what people are, 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 are confused when it comes to content is that we're not talking about putting ads out there. We're not talking yeah. about necessarily pushing product. What we're doing is we're talking about providing value through content. All right. And that value has to be something that they, they can walk away going, oh, I didn't know that. You know, or that was, you know, exactly. it is all about an education and nothing else. 100%. Yep. That is where you'll get the most return on an investment for organic search is when they're providing the good content. And there's a lot within the industry, like you think you need to cover all the different cities and like they have the same landing page that goes 15 or 20. No, you like, you need to be answering the questions people have. Everyone has questions and smart people. I've said this since the day I started in automotive. Smart people go to the internet to educate themselves before they even start thinking about buying. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. You know, I they actually- want to understand it. And then they start to look at different models and things like that. And any of that, for the same reason, they want to understand the service they need to get done mm-hmm. before they think about where it needs to get done. Yeah, you want to talk about increasing your hours per work order. I mean, there you go. Yes. Let's, let's educate them about what a cabin filter actually is because there's still a lot of people out there that believe, you want me to replace what? Come on. Exactly. Does that really, does that really exist? Is there a filter in there that filters the air in my cabin? <laughs> yeah. Exactly it. And everyone, and what's there right now in the search results is nothing but like all of the automotive forums and the repair forums. And we all know like blind internet comments is not where we should be educating ourselves on anything these days, especially that. So there's a huge opportunity for a dealer to become that authority around, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're just trying to educate you on a car and what has to happen with it. And I'm sure you've seen this happen before and I have too. Unfortunately, not as much as I'd like, right? But I mean, look, dealerships can't just provide a product or service anymore. You know, yep. they, they need to provide yep. education. And you know what? I also believe they also need to provide a little entertainment because if you can educate and entertain someone, then you're just taking it even to another level. Yes, yes. Like, and that comes into the idea of really being part of the community. Mm-hmm. You're allowing yourself to do all of these things and be, have some humor about it. Like it's not, it's, it is a car dealership and it's a huge important thing and selling cars is a necessary thing in life, but it's still just selling cars. Like we all need to breathe for a moment and have some fun with it. And yes. that will come across in your content and want have people come back to you. Oh, 100%. Now, actually, I see this actually happen on a pretty regular basis. You know, I had a, I had a dealership that uh, created a horrible video. I mean, just a horribly done video about uh, how to replace the uh, uh, windshield wiper blades in their Jeep Wrangler, you know, and this was done almost five or six years ago, right? But because the video was well supported with a landing page that had proper text so the search engines knew what the content was about, you know, this video has now 85,000 views of this guy trying to fiddle around and trying to replace, (laughs) replace the windshield wiper. Four years later, people are still consuming this content. And that's it. Like, there's so many of those things where people want to understand and watch that video. They say over and over again that YouTube's the second biggest search engine out there. People, like, they want to understand the service. They want to think if they can figure out if they can do the service themselves before they go to the dealership. Of course. It's almost like 60% of people will say that. Like, they go watch the video about whatever they need done before they schedule. But then they still ultimately end up going to the dealership because like, eh, yeah. you know what? No, I'm not going to do it. It's like, it's like I could change my own oil, <laughs> but the amount of time and yeah. getting under the car and getting dirty, it's like, nah, I'll go have someone else do it. Exactly. So there's, yeah, there's amazing potential. And that's also when you have someone who's building any sort of content like that, you can then in Google Analytics start to compare mm-hmm. the different I will always tell vendor tell dealers that when you have a vendor who's sending you traffic, you should build a segment around the tagging. So that once you clean up your tagging, build a segment for Kelly Blue Book and Cars.com and whatever your uh, you know your advertising from this vendor is and that their Facebook, and then within GA that becomes the playing ground to just compare everything. Because every one of those vendors is going to send you a report every month that says they have saved the world. 
That's true. Not a single one will ever say that they were, that they, that actually, you know what, this month we didn't do as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, no, no vendor's going to admit that. So dealers need to own that GA aspect and owning their Google Analytics enough to understand I can see which vendor drove me enough or drove me the most shoppers that engaged with a vehicle page. Yep. Or shoppers that engaged with a service appointment form. And engage is being the keyword here, right? We're not talking yes. about leads. We're not talking about phone calls, right? You know, the first step is we want good engagement, you know? Yes. Now, if your website's call to actions are weak, then look, that's going to that's gonna suffer or show within your lead count or your call count, right? But at the yep. end of the day, your vendor shouldn't be necessarily selling you leads. They're not a lead. Like they should be selling you engagement, good quality engagement. Because that is the, the traffic that's going to convert to that lead. And then it's on the dealership for the handling and the processing of that. Yes. And being able to clean up all of those in-store processes. But GA allows you to really say, yes, you may have gotten me 20,000 visitors, but only 3% of those did something. Well, this other vendor got me 10,000 visitors, but half of that traffic actually did something. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like you don't want to look at just the bounce rate, you know, yep. because the oh. bounce rate doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know. Bounce rate is the most made up metric in our industry and everyone it attacks me nuts. It drives me nuts. Like I got a call yes. the other day from a, from, a, from a client that obviously another vendor was talking to them and they're like, but Jason, but Jason, we have this really high bounce rate. What about the bounce rate? I'm like, who gives a shit about the bounce rate? Look at the quality yep. of the people that are actually engaging with them. Look what they're doing, okay? If look, a good chunk of them don't care, that's fucking who cares? And there's so many things you can do to manipulate the bounce oh, rate. 100%. That it's, and that's where dealers should also be looking in their events in Google Analytics to see if there's something firing all the time or... Are your, is your website vendor firing a bunch of events that don't mean anything? Is a vendor firing a bunch of events that don't mean anything? There are some vendors out there that will fire like 200,000 events in a month and it means <laughs> absolutely nothing. Or they assign like a monetary value to them and I will tell dealers all the time like monetary value in GA is like points in whose line is it anyway. It does not matter. <laughs> so true. It really doesn't. It, it doesn't matter at all. In fact, it's, it's the one thing I don't ever set up. So, okay. So we talked about report number three, those landing pages. I want to get to report yep. number four, which, which is yes. that. Um, this is, this is one of my favorites, but also one of the ones that OEMs may not like all the time. Um, and it's your one. And that's looking at the browser report because dealers understand speed. Because the browser report will tell you also speed and like, what are the browsers that people are actually using? So that when you open the browser report, and I will do this with dealers all the time, you should then put on a secondary dimension of the source and the medium. And what that's going to tell you is what type of traffic is using Safari, what type of traffic mm -hmm. is in Chrome. And then when 95% of your internet explorer traffic is direct, that means somebody has the link bookmarked in Internet Explorer and visited it directly. <laughs> so it's a way to educate yourself about one, yes, your site may load slow in IE, and I apologize that your OEM makes you use IE for <laughs> half of your reports, 
But you need to use that browser report to be optimizing for what your customer is using. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the key thing. So many times dealers are like, I load it on my desktop and no, you, yes, you can work with your vendors and your website provider to optimize for a certain browser, but if it's not the browser the customer is using, then there's no point in worrying about any of that. Yeah, I know. I, ha I had a phone call uh, from a dealer and one of their widgets wasn't loading properly when they went to Internet Explorer. I said, okay, that's fine. Let's actually break down how many actual customers yep. <laughs> Internet Explorer to visit. Yep. It was less than 20. It was legitly less than 20 actual customers that were using Internet Explorer to go say, I'm like, I wouldn't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, All the time you have to have that. And it's not a fun conversation, but it's like you as a dealer need to realize I can focus on what my customers do or I can make it the better experience in the dealership. And if that's what a dealer wants to do, that's great. Then we'll work with that and you push your vendors on that. But the browser report and then the device report in there too will show you what your customers are actually doing. Mm -hmm. And that goes in a kind of user experience. So once you drive somebody there, if they can't read your hero slide on a mobile phone, <laughs> leave. If they can't read the call to actions on a, like a certain type of device, they're going to leave. I, the best example is that there are certain markets still where there's a large amount of Windows phone users. Okay. Like a good 20% will use, and you don't realize that it's an entirely other experience. You think yeah. about Everyone has the iPhone or an Android and they're loading it on there. But if 20% of your customers are using a certain phone, then you need to be aware of what that experience is. And, and, and that's the key word is experience. See, at really at the end of the day, why we're asking people to take a look at these reports is to actually take action on them. All right. Create a better experience either through the use of content development or working with your website provider and developing out a better experience for that, for that specific yeah. All right, number five. What, yeah, what so that's five goes into the whole idea of goals ah. because dealerships, I think I was just with Brian Patch at his conference this week and he says that almost 90% of dealers don't have goals configured properly. Mm -hmm. And I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And no, goals are the thing that's going to help you really gauge how important the traffic is and what it's doing. And that goes back to our, the idea of engagement. Like, your goals should not be just destinations. Your goals should be an event where somebody did something. That's going to matter. And so then within the goal report, it's also allowing you to see what Google has a really great multi-channel report. And what that does is say, we realize that search is really complex now. Like there's not a linear path to buying a car and things like that. No. We were live last week. Google says, there are 24 different touch points and 19 of them are digital before somebody buys a car. That totally makes sense. So it's hard. It's hard to track so, out. We got to look at it. Yeah. You need to approach. know. Yeah. People are coming to the websites two or three times. So once your goals are set up, the multi-channel report will show you somebody first came organically and then they clicked on a paid ad and then they came back a third time. So it was direct traffic and then they finally converted. So you have an start to understand how the pieces are working together. Mm -hmm. You know, I may have this particular vendor and they may not do X, Y, and Z, but within the funnel, they are, you know, within this complex process, they are touching 80% of my traffic. 80% of my conversions are seeing this retargeting ad. 
or engaging with this, you know, email that's going on and things like that. So it, it may not be the piece that's converting, but it's the piece yes. that's supporting the efforts. And, and that's where I think, you know, the word attribution was getting tossed around for a while. It's slowed down a little bit. So I'm kind of glad that it has, you know, it's like everyone's trying to find that, that, that magic, you know, stone that's just going to, you know, yep. it's the magic. Well, this is the magic one. This is the one that's going to, you know, skip all the way across the river. It's like, no, there is no such thing, right? It's just, it's multiple touch points. Like you said, there's a holistic approach. Yeah. Just and so once you have your traffic set up and you have your goals, you can start to really understand how the different marketing channels are coming together. And also when I push, dealers will ask all the time, what are the goals I should be setting? And I will push back and say, what is your dealership goal? What are your marketing goals what are we trying to do? Because that should be what you go into all of your conversations, like we were saying, with your vendors, with any sort of strategy or data, you need to gauge it based off of what your dealership goals are and what you're trying to get out of your digital footprint. 100%. Because you need to understand it all. Like it can't just be a, you do this and you know every dealer should be looking at this. Yes, every dealer should be gauging your phone calls. To me, mobile phone calls are more a higher converter than leads. I think it's like two to three times more than an email lead. So yes, we should all be thinking about some of those things, but it comes down to what are your marketing and what do you want your dealership to do? What do you want your customer to do? And then work backwards to set the goals to know the traffic and build a strategy around that. If you're really trying to push traffic to one one part of your site, then your goals should reflect what people are doing on that one part of your site. And it shouldn't just kind of be a blanket, all goals apply the same. Like you should, and if your your vendors are giving you goals that really don't align with your strategy, the dealer has to own speaking up to that. Yes, 100%. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I I probably spend more of my time um, helping dealerships develop out goals. Than, yeah. than probably actually executing on marketing sometimes. You know, so yeah. it's, just, it's it, because it's, if we don't have a goal, if, uh, uh, us as a vendor, if we don't have a goal, we have, we have no freaking direction. I mean, how yeah. can we come back and say, hey, that money that you, that check you cut us, you know, here's the, you know, here's some ROI on that. But if we didn't know what the hell the goal was in the first place, we don't know where we're running towards. We don't, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the hardest thing is that it has to be a partnership. Yes. And don't have trust with your vendors. You have to figure out, and like you're looking at the data and you're not trusting it. You first have to, I think, give them a chance. And then you have to find somebody you do trust and have that active part in it. And that's where I hope data helps dealers feel like they have an active part in this vendor, you know, relationship, strategy relationship, because you're not just taking whatever that shiny report is, but you're looking at the data. And it's not a ton of things you need to be looking at. Google Analytics is like the biggest rabbit hole in the world. You can spend all day looking at everything under the sun and not get anywhere. Yep. But there are a couple pieces you need to be aware of so that you can have the better informed decision with your vendors so that you know when you cut that check, you're doing the right thing with your money. We, we want, and look, guys, at the end of the day, the, the, anybody that's listening to this or watching this, you know, our, both our goals are to ensure that your, that your dealership's goals and your vendor's goals are in line with each other so that you guys are both in partnership moving towards what's ultimately going to bring you guys ROI. Yep. That's all. I want dealers to feel like data is not a scary thing, but something that's really driving their decisions. 
100%. I, couldn't, I really couldn't say it any better than that. Hey, Colleen, I, I, I got to thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. This, this, was, this was a lot of fun. And, and, and I'm hoping people out there, that there's some just great nuggets in here, some awesome, some awesome content. I encourage you to go back. If you didn't get the first time, go back, listen to this one again. Um, for anybody out there that would love to connect with you and just kind of learn more about what you do, um, what's the best way to connect? Um, uh, LinkedIn, Colleen Harris. I think it's actually a photo too. All my other social media channels or Twitter is probably the place I'm the most. Is, is, that, is that where you're home? Is that where you jam? Is Twitter? Oh God. I, Twitter's, <laughs> Twitter is a dumpster fire and the most amazing thing both at the same time. <laughs> um, so I am, before I say this out loud, I will warn everybody that don't pick a Twitter handle when you do, in like 2008 before Twitter really becomes a thing. Because you pick, it's like kids who pick email addresses before they start to apply to college. And it's some sort of like gross thing. C-D-A-W-G 2610. So C-Dog 2610 is my Twitter (laughs) handle. That is probably the best place to find me. Or um, LinkedIn as well. That's awesome. (laughs) And on Twitter, it's a photo of Kermit the Frog as my profile photo. (laughs) <laughs> that's perfect oh back to the not taking anything seriously um but yeah linkedin is probably the best place to find me and i po- will always post any of the articles or anything that we're doing in that conversation on there try to build that presence up of just wherever whoever dealer uses i want dealers to feel like empowered and smart with their data and that's my only goal in life and, and I, I can tell you, you, you have some serious passion about it. And it really kind of came through this podcast. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. Thank you. I really had a lot of fun. This was good. This was a good time. Thanks, Colleen. Have a good one. You too. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.